Praise the Lord, everybody. Good morning. Uh, would you do me a favor? Would you grab a bag? I have a bag back there. You'll see it. Wonderful. Can we clap for our king today? Isn't our Savior awesome? Come on, do better than that. Okay, I'm, I'm going to give you another shot at that. Can we make some real noise for our king this morning? Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, we've got to be fanatics about Jesus, everybody. Anybody ever attend a sports, uh, sports event? You act pretty crazy, don't you, when your team is winning? Amen? So uh, we are winning. Amen? I've read a little bit of the book, and certainly the end, and I'm told we win. Amen? So whatever it is you're going through today, I want you to just find a place of rest and know that God is in total control. Amen? And uh, do I have to have Jane get up here again and tell you again how God can orchestrate the little things? Amen? So if he can handle the little tiny things, certainly he can handle the big things. Amen? So we praise the Lord for another day of life and health, and uh, we just give God the praise. Father, in Jesus' name, what can I say? I just come to you this morning asking that you be glorified. We are your children. Father, raise us up under your mighty hand that we might be a people called by your name, Father, a peculiar people, a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a peculiar people that we should show forth the praises of you who sent us into this world. We give you praise and glory, saying hallelujah and amen, amen. As you know, we are, we are just growing. You know, please understand something, everybody, that when a ministry, because um, there are many churches all over the world, and we understand that, but uh, believe me, not every local church is aware of its global assignment in the kingdom of God. Can you say the kingdom of God? Yeah, you might talk a little back to me today. I hope you do. We're going we're gonna to dialogue a little bit today, have a little fun. Amen? So the kingdom of God is much bigger than our local assignments, and that's why the kingdom context of thought is better because it will help you see that each of our local churches are really embassies of that kingdom. Amen? The greatest kingdom on the face of the planet Earth is the kingdom of our God. Amen? And the kingdom of God is not meat nor drink or carnal things, but it is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Raise your hand if you have that this morning, that you feel that there's a, there's a degree of righteousness to your life. Amen? Hallelujah. You might not thoroughly understand that, but there's a degree of peace, and then there is joy in the Holy Ghost. So we are, uh, although we are here right now in this time zone, a part of us is abroad right now in Korea, and they're in another time zone, another dimension of the kingdom, and they are being a blessing. And uh, Pastor always wants us to remember that wherever they are, wherever he is, wherever we are, Calvary is. Amen? Our assignment is connected to God's global assignment and plan for the world. And I think that's exciting. I'm excited about that. Amen? I'm excited that a number of our brothers and sisters went with Pastor this time, and I can't wait to see them come back, guys. I really can't. I know they're going to be fired up when they come back. Amen? So, well, <clears throat> today's lesson is uh, what's in your bag, and um, it's not a part two, but a continuation of sorts, but another angle of a lesson that we taught a while ago. And so I want you to, uh, I want you to participate today. So I need a little help, Carl. Would you give out some bags? Amen. Give out those bags. And I want you to open up that bag and take a look in that bag. Begin to think in terms of your portion of the spirit, your portion of the kingdom, your portion of God, that bag's going to represent uh, uh, as an example or allow you to see exactly what the Lord's trying to communicate today. I was reminded when the spirit told me to give out the bags of a verse in Ephesians 3 that says that you may know what is the height the depth, the breadth, and the length of the love of God. I want you to open that bag right now. 
Just open that bag. I wish I kept one. I'd show you. I want you to open it right in front of me. Hallelujah. Look at the height. Just look in it. There's dimensions to it. Somebody say dimensions. Amen. Yeah, dimensions. Thank you, Pastor. Yeah, you're going you're gonna to forfeit your bag? Oh, she's going to give me one. Janice is going to give me one. Yeah, so follow my lead, everybody. So, you know, there, there's dimensions to this thing. There is height, width, depth, and length to this experience we're having with God. Amen? And I promise you today that you are going to have a ball. Say a ball. You know, when Mark's preaching, Pastor Mark, often he says, are you tracking with me? Amen? And I've heard him say, you know, are you catching what I'm throwing? Amen? And uh, today, I want you to know, I want you to catch what I'm throwing. And I promise you, look at someone next to you and say, you are going to have a ball today. Say, you're going to have a ball today. Yeah, I promised you, you're going to have a ball, and you're going to have a ball. So I want to see if you catch it. Amen? Open your bag right now. Some of you are going to have a ball. I told you you'd have a ball. Did I lie? All right, let's see if, let's see if Pastor Mark can, can catch what I'm throwing today. <laughs> Almost, almost. Who's going to go for it? Luke. Let's see, Luke. Oh, oh, he's catching what I'm throwing. All right, come on. Joy. Oh, this is going to be ambitious of us, Joy. You're going to catch what I'm throwing? Oh, you almost did it, Joy. You almost. Come on. Who else? Who else? Who else? I'm going to throw one over here to Pastor Oki. You ready? Catch what I'm throwing, Oki. Uh, G almost caught it. But say I'm having a ball today. Come on, say, I'm having a ball today. I can't hear you. Say, I'm having a ball today. Oh, Lily almost got it. No, I don't know who that was for. Okay. <laughs> but we're having a ball. Hey, Janice, throw the rest of these balls so I can move on. All right. So I told you you're going to have a ball today, and you have a ball. Amen? And um, like I said, the verse says in Ephesians 3 that we may know what is the height, the depth, the breadth, and the width of God's love for us. Now, this lesson, what's in your bag, is, was set up perfectly by our pastors over the past couple of weeks, and I would just want to just say a few things about that. You'll find that, uh, as you see behind me, that Pastor Mark uh, referred to a verse in Romans 8.15, and it basically says that we have not received the spirit again unto death, a spirit of fear and death, but a spirit of adoption by which we are called sons of God. Amen? Somebody say, God is my father. Amen? And um, in Acts 2.44, which was a verse we used in the past too, it, one of my favorite verses actually, it says, and believers were believing together with all things in common. But prior to that, as, as Carl said, it says that, and they continued in prayer and fasting and in the apostles' doctrine, and great fear came upon all those who heard and saw the miracles. And I just wanted to say something. I felt the Lord wanted me to communicate something to you, that uh, not all fear is, is bad, in the sense that the word used here in the Greek is the word phobos uh, for fear, which is what we get our word phobias from. Somebody say phobias. If you look up phobias, you will see it's like pages and pages of all kinds of phobias. In fact, new phobias are being discovered every day. People that are just afraid of lint. Are you hearing me? That's a phobia. That's a, a fear that's rooted in death. But at the same time, there is a fear. Some might say a good fear. There's a, reverence, a reverential fear that we need to have about handling the holy, handling what is sacred. And one of the very sacred things outside of all the things I could name is our lives. You know, our lives are precious. They are sacred. The Bible says that we were fearfully and wonderfully made. Do you realize what that means? It means that God, while he was making you, he was full of fear not to make you wrong. He made you so thoroughly, so perfectly, like an artist carefully, you know, a scrapes away of the clay to make sure that it's done properly, like a painter gently touches the canvas. God was in reverence and awe when he made you. 
Amen. So there's a certain sacredness that we should have about the days that we have to live. You know, I'm a two-time cancer survivor. Many of you know that. But I try my best. I'm telling you, every day I, t- I do my best. I don't always achieve it. But I try to live out of that moment of appreciation that I have that I didn't have to have another day. That I didn't have to be here today. Amen. And it causes me to check in with the source. Somebody say the source. You know, we are the resource, but he is the source. And the, and the resource can't exist properly without the source. Amen? We are just an offspring of the source. So in that reverence, we, if we're all able to achieve that, as Acts 2.44, what happens is we begin to activate the word of God in our lives. Because we all have that reverential fear of what we're handling here, that everything we do is strategic and necessary. You know, now we see it. Pastor Oki, he didn't see it at first. He was striking his card at the, bank, at the ATM, and, you know, it probably said out of order. And he's like, what in the world is going on? I don't have time for this. Yet God wanted to send him to help Jane. You know, and then looking back now, he can see the fingerprints of God. And that's how we need to do. We need to certainly look back a little bit sometimes and appreciate God's fingerprints in our lives to know that he has brought us where we are. Amen? So Acts 2.44 says that they were all together and they were believers, saying believers. They were believers. It means that they, when you are a believer, it means that you have left a former place of belief. You, you leave your former place of being. That's where the word comes from. Your being is evolving and growing. You are moving your position from one thing to another. And you say, now I believe this. I used to believe that, but now I believe this. I used to stand there. Now I stand here. My position is. And when we all gather together and have the same position on a thing, (laughs) we are dangerous, folks. (laughs) The Bible says where two or three are gathered together in my name, there will I be in their midst. Guys, that's better than Obama showing up with us. I mean, that's better than the president showing up. I mean, man, you walk in with somebody and they are nobody. Nobody's nobody, but they walk in and they're not famous. And everybody's like, oh, you're high. But you walk in with President Obama. <laughs> well, right now, I was told that uh, Pastor Tim over in Korea, folks just stop him on the street now. And they, they've seen his face so much, you know, that people are recognizing him. And they're recognizing not him. It's not about idol stuff because that's certainly not our pastor's heart. Our pastor's a very humble man. But it's God being glorified in his life. Amen? And when we get together and have the same belief system and we move from our, our places where we used to be to new places of being together, we become something we never were before. We move out into places that we never thought were possible. You know, that is what I've learned over the years that real leadership is. Always remember this. Real leadership will take you where you would not have normally gone by yourself. That's how you know you are following real leaders. There are people that have mastered the art of staying ahead of followers and calling it leading. They see where people are going, the trenders. They see where the trend is and they run ahead of the trend and they act like they are leading the trend. But then there are people who hear God when nothing's happening. They see something. God shows them something, and they start pursuing it, and no one's with them. Before you know it, they've got hundreds of people following them. And those people, when they get to the promised land, when they get to the promised land, those people know that they would not have normally gone that place or been at that place had a real leader not taken them someplace they didn't plan to be. Amen? And that's what was happening in the book of Acts with this early church, man. They they had not planned to be what they were becoming. And what they were becoming was something powerful. Hallelujah. And the second thing I want to talk about real quickly is just how Pastor Tim was talking about, Pastor Mark said, be not afraid. And that's what I wanted to talk to you about. We certainly don't have a fear of death. Say, we don't fear death. No, we don't fear death anymore. The Bible says, for you have not been given a spirit of fear, but of power and love 
and what? A sound mind. I want you to see the connection between the two. That when you are walking in love and power of love, soundness comes to your mind. Soundness comes to your thinking. Peace comes to your thinking. Amen? The word, the word says, Isaiah says, for thou will keep him in perfect peace. Somebody say perfect peace. Not just any peace, perfect peace. He whose mind is stayed on me. Right? Keeping you in that place. Somebody say the bubble of God. Just in that nice bubble, that secure place where you see everything, but not everything can touch you. It's a beautiful thing. Time slows down when you're in that place. And you, you have no fear because the Lord is with you. And when Pastor was talking about, in the lesson he taught two times, about um, to be or not to be favored, of course I couldn't help but think about, you know, the Hamlet play. You know, finish it, y'all. To be or not to be, that is, a, that is the question. You know, it's from the play Hamlet. And one of the things that Hamlet was thinking about in that particular part of the play, he was contemplating suicide, interestingly enough. And, you know, sometimes we can be sort of hovering between life and death in our decision-making. God said it like this, Behold, I've set before you blessings and cursings, life and death, <laughs> good and bad, right and wrong. And he, God even further says, choose life. So what is he saying? That we have an ability to choose, and we choose now out of the content of our understanding in our minds. And this is the person that Pastor was describing in Isaiah 40 that has that ability to wait upon the Lord and be of good strength, right? They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not get weary. They shall walk and not faint. That person who has a sound concept of God is able now to weather storms because they know that God's word will never fail. Has anybody had that experience? I feel like I'm preaching over you today. I don't, I'm not preaching over you, but I feel like I want to know that I got a witness in the house. Anybody got a, I got a witness in here today that you've had times where you knew God was with you no matter what was happening? And you had peace. Everyone's like, are you okay? I'm fine. Everybody said, are you okay? You sure I heard what they said? No, I'm fine. That did not touch me. Did not touch my bubble. Because I operate out of a place, a safe place in God. That's the favor. That's the blessing of Abraham. Amen? The blessing of Abraham is the favor of God. And that comes out of a certain attitude. And in Philippians 2, I, I... Quickly, I put the verse for you in your, in your program, let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. But what does that mind look like in Philippians? you got to start at the third verse. It's described. It says, let nothing be done through strife and vainglory. You find yourself striving with things and playing tug of wars with people. You know what I do when people play tug of war with me? I drop the rope. You ever did that? And people fall back, you know, when you, it's hilarious, you know. But he said, I refuse to play tug of war with you. It's something that the Bible says is already mine. I'm not going to let you control my joy. I'm not going to let you control my peace. You're not going to take authority in my day to day. Amen, somebody. You know, you have to, sometimes you have to protect your peace and say, I'm not going to play that game. I'm not going to be in strife. The Bible says, listen, this is a key for you. The Bible says where there is strife, there is confusion, and then every evil work. The third manifestation of, conf of strife is, is uh, every evil work comes out of that. So you want to stay out of strife with people. How do we let this mind be in us? We don't get into strife and vainglory or do things out of vainglory. But in lowliness of mind, look at that, lowliness of mind, let each esteem the other better than themselves. What did Jesus say? The greatest in my kingdom is he who serves the most, right? We don't want to be served all the time. We want to seize the opportunity to serve one another. And thank you, Holy Spirit, for reminding me of this. You know, yesterday, interestingly enough, I had um, an opportunity to go to one of our members' 
homes and their father. They're not here today because, and please pray for the Mueller's, uh, Ann and, and uh, uh, Lou Mueller and little Louie. But they're his father, Lou's father, has been ill, and, and he took a turn um, for the worse yesterday. And the Lord said, go quickly and, and pray with them and, and anoint him. And the Spirit of the Lord told me, very, told me exactly what he said. Just, I don't want you to go in there and get all spooky and crazy. I just want you to go in and sing to the man. Sing, sing hymns over his heart. Amen? And the peace of God just was filling the place, and everybody was blessed, and I was blessed, too, just to be there. You know? And then this morning I get here, and I hear, um, I get a text from one of our sisters that Sister um, Salaja, Salaja, I always call her Salaja, Salaja, she... Um, her, Paul, her husband, his sister's having a baby. And the Lord showed me, he showed me, he said, hey, look at that. You know, on one end, a new life's coming into the world. And on another end, one is having closure and moving into another world. And here we are in the middle, walking out our process. Amen? And our time is precious. The time that we have, the Bible says, to everything there is a, a season, listen, a time to every purpose under the heaven. So when your seasons and your time, your time is purposeful. And you have to be able to discern um, the ability to keep your mind in a low place so that you can always be serving the proper will of God. The fourth verse, look in your program. It says, look not every man on his own things, but every man on the things of others. Then it says, let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. What does that look like further? Who, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. God is processing every last one of us to an ultimate end, but we have to We have to keep our mind in the game. Amen? So, we were using the word bag as an acronym and um, your beliefs and attitudes about God. And it's been over 40 days. And I think last time I I talked to you, I I taught, of course, what is your bag, which which meant what is your angle? Where's your mind this year? It was the beginning of the year. And some of you remember I was challenging you. Okay, we get great teaching around here. We have great role models around here. I mean, you know, you don't even have to like me at all because I certainly ain't done much in this planet so far. But we have a senior pastor that God is just doing things with that is so awesome to me. I mean, from his testimony of being healed and two heart transplants and then giving away his heart and then God blessing him with an extra heart. I mean, guys, he walks around now with an extra heart. Pastor has an extra heart. It sounds weird, right? But if he needs a heart because he gave away his heart, his doctor said, well, when you need a heart, God forbid you need another heart, you got another heart. I mean, that's just awesome how only God can give you a spare heart. Anybody got a spare tire in there, there, you know? I got a spare tire in the car, but a spare heart? No. You know? And then God blessing him with the book and him now being called upon to show people how to be a witness in the corporate realm, the corporate world. And um, it's just awesome to see. And so we really have to be um, good stewards of what God is doing in front of us. The Bible says, be ye followers or imitators, actually, in the Greek there, of those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. And I can tell you right now, well, I can't tell you, but Janice could tell you right now, I'm sure, that the things that they have been able to accomplish in their lives together, in their marriage and in their ministry together, haven't just been faith. It's been faith, but they've had to be patient. Amen? They've had to be good stewards. And so we, in the beginning of the year, I was challenging you. I was saying, hey, what are you doing with all the good stuff you're learning? And that's why we brought out the whole bag issue. Have you caught any of those things? Do you have them? Really, what's, today we're going to talk a little bit about what's in your bag. Well, do you know what's in your bag? What have you learned since you've been here? Because the objective is now to not just have you come and attend a church where you just, you know, get a a feel-good pill but where you become somebody that God called you to become in this world. 
and you begin to be a blessing to this world in whatever part of the world God has called you. Amen? I mean, it may just be that you're a husband. You want to be the best husband you can possibly be. We want to help you with that. When Pastor was talking about the favorite life, I love it when he, when he talks like this because we need to hear somebody in our lives say, I want you to be blessed too. Yeah, I'm blessed. God's blessing my life, my career, my business, my family. But guess what? I want you to be blessed. And I'm going to tell you everything that God tells me. I want you to be blessed. Isn't that what Abraham was told? Abraham, I'm going to bless you, Abraham. I'm going to bless you to be a blessing. And the favor of God that pastor's been talking about is not just for us, but it's for others. But, you know, we can't give away anything that we don't know we have. And I've learned a long time ago that you're going to earn, somebody say earn, everything you learn. You may learn it academically, (laughs) but after you have learned it, God and society, but God in particular is going to put you in situations to see you earn the wisdom that comes from what you've been taught. And we forget that. We start taking it personally and thinking God's abandoned us. No, he hasn't. After the lesson, there's always the... After the lesson, there's always the... The test, folks. And I do believe, um, I hear it all the time in my spirit, that we're being prepared for a big test. You know, can we be a blessing? Hallelujah. And I think we can. Let's clap our hands. It's getting a little heavy in here. Let's clap our hands. Amen. But, you know, as your big brother, as a big brother to you, my, I want to challenge you that it has been 40 days, over 40 days since I taught that lesson. And I want to ask you directly, what do you know now that you didn't know then? What have you done differently that you, you know, didn't do before? Because you and I both know years whiz by, don't they? Don't they go by fast, guys? I mean, we're in February right now, looking into March, and 90 days, a first quarter of the year may whiz by, and you don't want to be the person that has not integrated any truth into your lifestyle, into your regimen. Because if you keep doing what you've always done, you will keep getting what you always got. And if you want something new, you have to do something different. Amen? And that's what God's people should do in your life. God's people shouldn't always make you so comfortable. Oh, we love you. Oh, I love you so sweet. Oh, okay. But no, every now and then, when you grew up in a family, because remember, your parents really weren't the ones that taught you how to live in the family. They really weren't. It's your big brothers and sisters. Your parents had to go to work and be gone for 10, 12 hours out of the day. Your brothers and sisters told you, hey, you better not get on that couch. I'm going to tell mommy. (laughs) Mommy said, do not eat that. You better not eat that. Well, who do you really get socialized by? You get socialized by your family, your brothers and sisters, you know. I'm a a baby boy of six, so I I had four sisters who thought they were my mother. (laughs) And a big brother who left me with them and went in the Marines. (laughs) So my point is that, you know, there are times when we got to be tough on each other. We can't always be, oh, I love you. You're so sweet. It's going to be. No. Why did you do that? Why would you do that? Why would you put yourself in that situation? Why would you not take notes about what was said to you when God spoke through that person to you and said, you know, the Lord wants to do this for you. And and you were so blessed. You were crying. Oh, yes, that's exactly what I needed to hear. And then you went to sleep that night in the peace of God and woke up and forgot everything that was said. It's not good, folks. God, God can't take you up take you into the things that he wants you to have in life, into the favor life, into blessing that he has for us, unless we are willing to change and grow. Amen? Come on. Are you catching what I'm throwing? I hope you are. Because there are good things ahead of us. Now, I'm just going to fast forward because I've already had too much fun. So, you know, your bag represents your heart. And, you know, some of us have big bags. Somebody say big bags. 
you know, your bag represents your heart. And uh, some of them are big bags and some are not so big bags, you know. And uh, somebody say big fat bags, <laughs> you know. And then some are medium-sized bags and some are even smaller than that. Some have white handles, some have brown handles, you know. <laughs> some have no handles at all. But, and I hope some of them are old bags. Y'all like that? Wrinkle? Is it? You might be wrinkled. Your bag might be wrinkled. You know, that's okay. It's still your bag. Amen. It's still your bag. It's your bag. But whatever you do, you know, if you're going to be an old wrinkled bag, don't be an old airbag. Okay? Don't be full of air. Don't be full of hot air. Okay? No one likes an old bag that's just full of hot air. All right? We want you to appreciate the content that God has given you so far and begin to increase it. Amen? And I, I remember showing you that there are some people whose bags are party bags. You know, everything's about a party. Party time, you know. Let's just have fun through life. That's what it's all about, man. I'm a party. Okay. Well, all right, you know, that's the way you live in. I'm not going to go through it all today, but there's some people who their bag is just X's and O's. They don't care what you call it, you know. One day they're X, the next day they're O. One day they're up, the next day they're down. You know, that's their bag. They don't know really what they are. They are whatever people say they are, right? Is that your bag? I hope not. But most of all, I told you that in this world, most of those bags, when you open them up, they're full of nothing. You're like, I thought there was something in that bag. There's nothing in the bag. (laughs) You know, you dig in. I thought that I partied all the time. I would find somebody and somebody would like me. Well, no, it's it's deception. You know, God didn't call you into this world to just be a party bag. He didn't call you into this world to just be someone that, you know, a chameleon bag. You're like these people when you're here. You're like those people when you're there. You're like, well, no, who are you? Who are you? Who has God called you to be? Who has God sent you to be? Are y'all still with me? And we have all kinds of bags. I mean, I wish I had time to get into it, but there is one bag that makes us all happy. Y'all ready? It's called the goodie bag. Say goodie bag. Everybody loves it. Can we clap for the goodie bag? Come on, y'all. Everybody loves a goodie bag. Come on. Goodie bags are not for everyone, but goodie bags for some of you. I'm not going to look as I throw them. I hope I don't kill nobody and y'all tell pastor. And you're like, pastor, he killed somebody with a goodie bag. You know? I mean, we all love goodie bags. And I don't want you to open this bag yet because I want you to. Janice, do the honors if you don't mind. I'm poor Janice like she needs more work. (laughs) Hallelujah. And uh, so let me just make sure I'm on course here. So as these verses, I'll go to the last verse here, the last two. You know, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So you are your bag, and your bag is you. The contents of your bag, you are what you've learned. You are what you earned. The things you studied, you know, these are the things you are. And, you know, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is the man, says Proverbs 23, 7. And Proverbs 4, 23, you know, tells us, guard your heart. Somebody say, guard your heart. Guard your bag. With all diligence, because out of it flows the issues of life. Raise your hand if you, like me, know, looking back, you created a lot of issues in your life that you're responsible for. I mean, you blame it on other people later, you know, because they're not here to defend themselves. But really, that was you. You hurt that person. You, you said that thing you shouldn't have said. You were hanging out where you shouldn't have been. You disobeyed the voice of the Lord. Come on, y'all. Don't let me stand here alone with my own hand up. Have we been there? I mean, you know, we can't blame on everybody. And a lot of the issues that we create, they're coming out of our hearts. The word there is suke. It's not cardia. Cardia is a fleshy heart. But we're talking about the suke heart, the psyche, the psyche, where we get psyche from. The way you're thinking has created issues for you. And God has been always trying to what? Change your thinking. It's for you to appreciate what he's doing right now. Somebody say right now. Because what God is doing right now is preparing you for something he is going to do a little later. God is very purposeful, everybody. There is no, you know, and he has this tendency to reveal to you 
or reveal you to where he's taking you to. He has this, if you look in scripture, he, people he's setting up to do things like Abraham, believe it or not, Abraham walked through the promised land that God had given him before he was taking possession of it. God has a way of prophetically having you walk out things, you know, and you're there, you think you're there for one reason and God sent you there for another And you don't wake up until you have a renewing of your mind experience. You say, oh, my God, you mean this is exact? Yes, God will bring to your remembrance the thing you prayed for years ago. And you forgot it. Am I the only one? Have you forgotten prayers you've prayed? Hello, everybody. Have you ever forgotten a prayer you prayed and then it hit you? Oh, this is what I prayed. It's better than deja vu, everybody. It's better than deja vu. I mean, deja vu can be natural, but when God does it, it's supernatural. You're like, oh my goodness, this is where I wanted to be. (laughs) See, God is always preparing you for something he's taking you to. He doesn't waste time and energy like we do. He doesn't do random things. He is not capricious. He is not random. God is more calculated than you could ever imagine. He knows the past, present, and future all at the same time. And he says to you, guard your heart, guard what you know, for out of it will flow the issues of your life. So basically what I'm saying is, as Romans 12 tells us, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service, that you may prove, no, now be not conformed to this world, but be transformed, listen now, by the renewing of your mind, this is my favorite part, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. At some point, God wants to, wants to prove some things to you, and he wants you to prove some things to the world. Hallelujah! He wants to prove to you that he heard you when you prayed that night, when your heart was broken and you said, I'm never going to trust another man again. He heard you. And you consecrated yourself, and you said, I'm not going to date. I'm not going to be, be lulled and flattered and lured back into. I'm going to seek God in these years, and I'm going to trust God to give me the mate that I deserve and need. And you just began serving the Lord. And hopefully in your case, like in my case, I have no question that the woman I married was the woman I was supposed to marry and be the mother of my children. And be my partner in ministry. I have no question. Now, we have issues together like every marriage, but I'm telling you, that's my baby right there. You understand? I mean, she's not here today. She has some things to cover, but I'm telling you, that's my hunt. That's my, that's the one for me. God gave me her to be my partner, to raise my children, so they be God-fearing children. Amen. God was proving something to me when I gave my life to be a minister when I was so young, that he was going to equip me with the woman that I needed. Well, the same way in your life, so that God could prove to you some things that he is faithful to you. Amen, y'all. He's faithful. He's faithful. I'm excited. You know, we got a couple of marriages coming up around here. Amen. Yeah, we got some men of God that have seen what they like and have decided to, to the Bible says that he that findeth a wife finds a good thing. They have decided I I got to have her, God. I want her. Like Adam saw Eve and said, bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. God, I want her. Whoa, man. Whoa, man. You know, whoa, man. You know, that is what these guys are about to do. Y'all clap for Brother Nick and Brother Joshua Yee. Y'all clap for them. They about to get married soon. They found a good woman. They, they ready to rumble. They ready to get in there. God's going to prove his faithfulness to them. He's going to teach them how to be husbands. Even if their daddies didn't teach them, God's going to teach them how to be husbands. How many of you are the same? Were you taught to be some things by God that if he didn't teach you, you would have messed it all up, wouldn't you? So basically all we need, all of us need to be renewed in our minds. And it's like the caterpillar. The caterpillar, long before it becomes a butterfly, it starts thinking like a butterfly. That's what happens. It starts believing, I could, be cl- I could be flying over those trees. 
I'm crawling through this dirt. <laughs> Starts believing stuff that it didn't believe before. You know, it's ugly self. Yeah. That's okay. You say I'm ugly now, but when I get, when I get where I'm going, I'm not going to be ugly. <laughs> and later on, hey, how you doing down there? What you doing up there, Caterpillar? Well, hey, I told you I wasn't always going to be ugly. Because the metamorphosis starts from the inside. Then it comes on the outside. So basically, we all need a new bag. Somebody say, I want a brand new bag. All right. Say, Papa's got a brand new bag for me. <laughs> Brother Josh, play that clip for me, Josh, could you please? <laughs> this is one of my funniest movies, guys. <laughs> Building this? Listen to this. You built this? Mm-hmm. They're kind of pissed about this. Really? Hey, guys. <laughs> You seen the place? That's mm-hmm. pretty good. It's a little too good. Corporate must have sent in a professional. I don't know why somebody's gunning for my job. But look, let's remain a team, okay? Because if I go, we all go. If you get wind of anything, call me on my radio. Channel 3, code word is Santa's got a brand new bag, okay? <laughs> Six-inch ribbon curls, honey. That's impossible. Six inches. <laughs> Put a pause on it, Josh, for me. (laughs) So somebody say, Papa's got a brand new bag for me. I was going to play some James Brown, but I didn't know if y'all would know James. I don't know if y'all would get down. I started to do a little James Brown for you. I figured I wouldn't get too crazy. But as this clip continues, I want to say that a lot of times, what I want to say really to you is stop trying to protect things in your life that you no longer need. It's like, the, uh, the, it's like the chick coming out the shell and staying next to the shell to protect it because they don't want anybody to touch their shell. No, that shell has served its purpose. That shell now has to, it's become waste. The things that were useful in our lives become waste. Paul says, uh, uh, I count it all waste, dung, all the things I learned. I said at the feet of Gamaliel, who was taught by Aristotle, one of the great fathers of philosophy. I mean, come on, guys. Paul is saying, listen, all that stuff I learned, I counted as dung. It is all waste in comparison to the glorious riches of grace and understanding and comprehension I'm getting in God through his spirit. And sometimes we we won't move forward and let the metamorphosis happen because we're just guarding the old things. And God wants to take you into new things. Somebody say new things. Behold, I show you new things. Amen. I will do new things for you in your life. Amen. Your vision, the vision God has is going to spring forth. And it says, shall you not know it? He's like, you don't know this. You don't recognize this. This is what I told you I was going to do. And I am faithful to my promise. Amen. But we start guarding old things like God wants to take those things with us. And let me say this. I had to learn this the hard way, folks, this particular lesson, that the reason why David says in the Scriptures, he prepareth a table before me in the presence of my enemies because God wanted to show David that everybody that says they're your friend is not your friend. They are frenemies. You always say, well, why in the world would God prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies? Why would he invite my enemies to my banquet? Because he's trying to show you like he showed Jesus at the table when they were at the last supper table. And Jesus said to the one that dips with me, that's the one that will betray me. God invites people to your, uh, uh, to your not exaltation, but to your promotion. People who said things and did things to try to hurt you, right? And God turns that around and uses it to promote you. Have you ever had to thank someone who tried to hurt you and say, you know what? If you hadn't done that to me, I would have never, you know, if you hadn't fired me, I would never have gotten this job. Thank you. Thank you for firing me. I appreciate it, you know. But we got to be people who are able to move on and move upward and move forward. And I think that God is trying to do that 
very much so with this congregation. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, I think we're going to wrap up in a minute. But let's finish this clip because this is hilarious. And it just says something that I just want you to leave with. And we'll, Paul, we'll stop. By the way, I think you have the most beautiful singing voice in the whole wide world. Anybody else like this movie, by the way? Nobody? I Sam. love this movie. Who the heck are you? What are you talking about? I'm Santa Claus. No, you're not. Uh, why, why, of course I am. <laughs> you're Santa. What song did I sing for you on your birthday this year? Uh, happy birthday, of course. <laughs> uh, so, uh, how old are you, son? Four. You're a big boy. What's your name? Paul. And uh, what can I Paul, get you for Christmas? Don't tell him what you want. He's a liar. <laughs> Let the kid talk. You disgust me. How can you live with yourself? Just cool it, Zippy. You sit on a throne of lies. Look, I'm not kidding. You're a fake. I'm a fake? Yes. How'd you like to be dead? Huh? No, he's kidding. You stink. I think you're going to have a good Christmas, all right? You smell like beef and cheese. You don't smell like Santa. Okay. <gasps> <gasps> he's an imposter! Josh, just one of my favorite spots. Oh my goodness. You smell like beef and cheese. You, what I want you to get is listen, you sit on a throne of lies. <laughs> Could it be that the things that you're guarding so closely are lies? Let me say something to you, and I'm done. Nobody believes. A lie as a lie. That's why Satan is the father of lies. He's the originator of creativity for lying. Everybody believes the lies they believe to be true. That's why they are lies. No one comes to you and lies to you and says, "Um, I'm lying to you right now, but uh, I'm going to give you $20 tomorrow. Well, you'd be like, no, you're not. You're lying. But if I promised you something and I didn't intend to do it, now I've got you believing something that's not true. And that's what the enemy does. And we begin to build our lives on things permanently that are only temporary. Do you believe? Do you believe? Say, I'm a believer. When people call you a Christian, sometimes you got to correct them and say, ah, and, you know, I don't really, I hope you understand what you're calling me here. Because not all Christians are believers. I'm a believer. I believe what my father says. I read his word. I study his word. I believe that he's going to do exceeding abundantly above all I could ask or think. I believe that the truth is going to make me free. I'm not just somebody who's just having a Christian experience. I believe that God is with me. Let the weak say I am strong. Let the poor say I am rich. I believe that God is going to make all things work together for my good because I love him and I'm called according to his purpose. So we kind of talked a bit more than I wanted to about the bags themselves and the whole idea that you have a bag. And all I want to say in closing here is that we are the only believers, and we'll stop there, Josh. We are the only beings, say beings, in the, on this planet that can think about, listen now, what we're thinking about. And all I want you to do now is take a look at all that God's exposing you to. Could it be that there are people in your life that God has strategically put in your life to teach you things, and you need to ask yourself, are you coachable? Are you actually engaging the learning process? I've always believed that when the student is ready, the teacher appears. 
It's amazing how just when you are ready to go to the next level, God will connect you with somebody who says, oh, I know exactly how to do that. Follow me. (laughs) Hallelujah. And I want you to be that kind of person that's excited about what God is saying to you. So much so that you go this year and get yourself a notebook. Yeah. Get a notebook, folks. You know, get something and say, I'm going to be a good steward of what I'm learning here. You know, they mentioned that verse. I got to write that verse down. I got to read that verse. I got to memorize that verse. I got to get that in my heart. Say, get it in my heart. David said, thy word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. And I might not give my life over to untruths when there's so much truth available. Hallelujah. Jesus said in John 17, well, Father, sanctify them by thy truth. Then he defines what truth is. Thy word is truth. Raise your hand with me if you don't mind, if you want your life to be in the truth. There's nothing worse than finding out you've been living a lie. If you've ever been cheated on or hurt, come on, somebody. Can we keep it real in here? <laughs> you mean to tell me they did what? 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 I said what? It's painful when you find out you've been living a lie. I want to live the truth. And the Bible says, and you shall know the truth. And the truth you know will make you free. It's not just truth because we hear a lot of truth. But Jesus said, you will know the truth. And when you know it, then that truth you know is going to make you free. Somebody say, make you free. Sometimes you don't even want to be free, Luke. <laughs> You're like, don't tell me that. I didn't even want to know that. <laughs> Why'd you tell me? Why'd you tell me? Don't tell me that. I don't want to know. Because <laughs> some truth will just make you free. <laughs> just rips the lie off you and you're just vulnerable again to God. I pray that we will be vulnerable to God and his truth about us. And when people look on us, they just see, man, I tell you, I don't know what that person has, but I just want, I want that. Somebody say that. I want that. I want that peace. Hallelujah. Why don't you bow your heads with me right now? Father, in Jesus' name. We thank you that you've given us a bag of beliefs and the things we believe that are based on your word, they are true. We thank you, Father, that there is a scope and a depth, a breadth, a height, a width to everything you're teaching us, and it's for a reason. We pray that you be glorified, Lord Jesus. Be glorified. May we be good stewards of the things you're teaching us, and may others come to ask the question, how can I get? what you've got. In the name of the Father, the name of the Son, and the name of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. As pastor has been teaching us the importance of prayer, I'm going to ask that Pastor Mark will lead us in our prayer exercise.